Hello, and welcome to Wide Open Spaces with Elise, a podcast. This is The Journey, Season 3, Episode Number 89, Volunteering and Your Mental Health. Check me out at wideopenspaceswithelise.com. Elise is spelled I-L-I-S-E. Pop in your earbuds and let's go. This podcast evolved out of a global pandemic, but we're all learning to live with COVID. That's how this got started, sitting at home during those times where we are all stuck inside our four walls. Well, the walls have been taken down and we're all free to live our lives with COVID out there. Some people are still getting sick. Some people are getting the flu. It's just become a new way of life. I think we hand sanitize a little bit more and maybe not touch our face as much, but we're learning to live with it. And with that opens up our world to so many things that we haven't done for a really long time. And Wide Open Spaces with Elise talks about exploring the wide open spaces with inside yourself, but the wide open spaces that are out there in the world for you to explore. So we talk about ways to connect with that, to improve our life, our mental health, the way we interact with others. That got altered a little bit during COVID. And so a lot of us have had to adjust, reinvent the way we are around people. And so when I sat down to write my blog this week, I kind of wasn't sure what to write. And I'll talk about that sometimes when in other podcasts where I just have a blank mind when I sit in front of my computer and I kind of just like stopped myself for a second and went, what do you mean you have nothing to talk about? I just came off volunteering at an event that I volunteer at every single year. And that just got me started really thinking about the process that it took me to volunteer and to where I am now in the committee. And so I did a little research and of course it was a lot of things that I already knew from working in the therapeutic field um, in psychiatric hospitals and outpatient clinics and um, having clients discussing different things that they've done and seeing the impact that volunteering has. So I just kind of researched a little bit to see if there was anything out there that was new or innovative. And really, it's basic. Volunteering has an impact on our mental health. Now, before I get into how it can benefit us, I want to take you on a journey a little bit about myself. I've always been, believe it or not, someone who's non-confrontational, someone who hates calling up businesses and things on the telephone. It gives me anxiety especially if I'm having a problem with a company and I have to discuss it. It just, for some reason, gives me anxiety. Talking in large groups used to give me a lot of anxiety. And I really kind of stayed in my comfort zone and really never kind of pushed that limit too much. Now, in high school, it's so much different today. 
in the state of Florida, I don't know about other states, but I believe that I've heard from other friends who live elsewhere. They also have to have volunteer hours. To graduate high school in my county, it requires 100 hours over the four years of high school. My daughter's school actually incorporates giving and volunteering into their curriculum, which I think is wonderful. When I was younger, we really didn't have a requirement. We might have had a class that said, based on what the class was, that you had to participate in something, which was volunteering, but we didn't have to have those hours. And for me, I remember volunteering for the Special Olympics, the events, nothing really before that. And that was really it. And then I went to college, and of course, if you're in a sorority, you, you all have philanthropies, if you're familiar, and mine was Sigma Kappa sorority, and ours, our philanthropy was Alzheimer's, and so we did do some things for raising money for Alzheimer's, that was the big thing. But in my undergraduate, I also had to go to nursing homes to do hours for my degree, and I worked with a lot of Alzheimer's patients. So that tied in nicely with my sorority's philanthropy and actually besides just raising money, really working and being and understanding what Alzheimer's was. And then that kind of was it after I graduated. Got caught up in my own world and had kids and all that that entails. And then as your kids get older, well, you know, you want to teach them to give back of course, and a little more of starting to create bags of toiletries for people in need and going to a food bank or creating these meals that are sustainable that they send to other countries where children are starving. And so that's kind of where in my adult life with my kids, I started volunteering. That was pretty easy putting bags together, putting the food together, really didn't take much of my time or effort. And so it always kind of bothered me that I wasn't giving, but I kind of just stayed in my bubble and what was comfortable for me. And there's this big event in the town that I live in, and it's called Not My Daughter, Find a Cure Now. And in one of my way early, my first year of podcasts, I talked about Breast Cancer Awareness Month and had different um, testimonies of people who are in my life that have had breast cancer. And I read those testimonies. And so I would go to this event every year as a paying guest, buying a ticket. And they have a wonderful shopping boutique and you buy raffle tickets and you put them in the different buckets in front of the baskets that you would hopefully like to win. And each year, then they have a sit-down meal, and they have different entertainment. One year was an understudy from the Broadway play Wicked, and she sang, and kids dancing, and kids singing, and different types of entertainment. And my friend, one of my best friends, who is a breast cancer um, sufferer, she had it, and it went away, and it came back, and and she started to volunteer at this event. And the next year when I went, I'm like, you know what? I've been coming to this for so many years. I want to be a part of it. 
And in saying that in the moment after just being at the event, I was all pumped up. And great, I signed up. I said, sign me up. And she told the woman who is the founder of it and she texted me and great and months go by and then all of a sudden they reach out to you because it takes months to prepare this event and they start to have meetings and I started getting that pit in my stomach like, what did I get myself into? I'm not that confident in myself to go out there and raise money and ask for money and get on the telephone. Remember I talked to you about that I don't like to do that or going up to people and asking them for donations and money wasn't my thing. And I started thinking, how can I get out of this? You know, what can I do to get out of this? But I fought that. I fought that because I knew it was something I really wanted to do. And so I went to the first meetings and they're very gentle, which I didn't realize with the newcomers. And they kind of just have you be a part of groups and you can assist them, but they're just showing you the way. So my first year was kind of like that and got my feet wet, let's say, and went back for the next year. And of course, the next year I was asked to do more things and every year it's been building and two years we were virtual and the first year we were virtual, I sat home with my computer and my daughter and we just, re during the telephone that day, and I had a live telephone with different recordings of people talking about breast cancer or people talking about their products that they were donating for raffles, etc. And I sat at home with my computer and calling and raising money. And then the next year, we were virtual again. And I felt more comfortable going into because they had it at the hotel, even though it was a virtual experience. And they asked me and another committee member to go to a hospital to interview the chief operating officer. And I was like, are you kidding me? Now, why did they ask me? Because I have a podcast. But in my podcast, I'm sitting in my office in front of my computer with my microphone and my yummy candle burning. I'm not walking into a hospital with all these different administrators and interviewing them live for this telephone. But I said to myself, you can do it. Your friend committee member will be there with you and you can do it. And I did it. And I was okay doing it. And my kid was watching me do it stepping out of my comfort zone. And I felt so accomplished afterwards. And, you know, I felt awkward, of course, because I knew that my, everything of me would be on camera for thousands of people to see. And I tried not to think about that. And I just focused on the questions that I was asking because I wanted in my short amount of time to get the most information for people who are watching that somebody who might be just diagnosed with breast cancer or has a family member who is. And I really wanted to make it a productive interview. And after we left, we went back to the hotel where we were doing the totes and calling people and raising money. And when I walked in, so many people told me how great I did. And I was like, trying to take the compliments, but I was so busy that I really didn't process it almost till the next day. 
And I thought about all the ways that that made me feel physically and emotionally every year stepping further and further out of my comfort zone. Well, this year we were live and it was so amazing. If you go to my Instagram, Wide Open Spaces with Elise, my blog is on there, but you can also see some pictures that were taken of me at the event with my daughter and friends and just you can see in our faces what being there really meant to us. I look at the pictures and I see in my daughter's eyes the impact that it had on her being there for those eight to ten hours getting ready for this event and then having the event and she sold raffle tickets for those baskets that we raffle off. And I was actually a floater and I walked around and if anyone needed help or any of the people who at the shopping boutique, if they needed any help or something to drink. And I was just doing my thing. And then the doors open up to the ballroom and we had 500 people. 500 people in a small little town that I live in pulling people from Dade, Broward, and Palm Beach County. Different political figures were there. Bloomingdale's had a fashion show for Alice and Olivia clothes. And just seeing all these women and men, yes, men were there, sitting there supporting, trying to make a change by being there, just being there. They were contributing to a disease that is really, to me, become almost an epidemic because I really can't count. I have more than the fingers on my two hands of people that I know personally before I ever got into Not My Daughter that have had breast cancer, that have passed away from breast cancer, that are living with breast cancer. And so to see these people, now the culmination for me this was my fifth year, and so in turn, it was my daughter's fifth year. And it's called Not My Daughter, Find a Cure Now. And the, it was founded 13 years ago because the founder was diagnosed with breast cancer. And once she was better, a group of her 10 friends rallied around her, and they came up with this organization to raise money so that not my daughter or not my son will ever be diagnosed with breast cancer, that we can eradicate this disease or find the cures that can save people's lives. And so we focus on our future, the children of our future. And so we have tons of teens and middle schoolers and some elementary students who volunteer before we get this event live every year and during the event and the cleanup and so my daughter was doing this for five years. And she was asked by the two of the founders if she would open up the ceremonies and introduce the founder of Not My Daughter, Find a Cure Now. Now, as a parent, you can only imagine all the feels and all the love and, and the pride that I had that they asked her, that they felt confident enough in her because through her five years of volunteering, they saw leadership, they saw dedication, they saw a good work ethic. And now that she's a senior and graduating and brought new people from her school 
the volunteer who never heard from not my about not my daughter, and one of them whose grandmother passed away from breast cancer. So my daughter got the honors on this stage in front of 500 people to introduce and open up the ceremonies for Not My Daughter, Find a Cure Now. And after the event, I knew it was my last year with her volunteering, she'll be off to college. And we just talked about it and how much it impacted us and how this year was so much different than all the other years because it was after the pandemic and you appreciated it so much more. Knowing that the work that we put in, not being paid, during our own time could help save lives. Not My Daughter does donate a small portion to research, but the rest of it is used in clinics that we have helped build and establish in the South Florida area for ancillary services. So when a woman is gonna go on chemotherapy, but her insurance won't pay for a wig and she can't afford a wig, our services can help her get a wig or prosthetics. Or if a mother with young children needs to go for chemo and needs someone to babysit, our ancillary services that we raise all this money for helps them get the services they need. And now part of our money is going to research of this chip that will be used in machinery that will help refine and find cancer sooner. So how rewarding of this culmination of my life at this point from a teenager in high school and how I evolved through my years of volunteering and enhancing what I do and taking on more responsibility. And then to see that I pass this on to my child. Not only does her schooling, you know, put, put the idea into them, but I showed her, I was an example for her. And as she goes off into her college years, I hope that she continues with that need and that want and that fire in her belly to want to give back. They say that people who are very selfless and giving are altruistic. And the word kind of is hard to say. It doesn't roll off your tongue. But I think it's kind of appropriate that it doesn't roll off your tongue. <clears throat> because it takes work to be altruistic. It takes work and effort to be selfless, to take time out of your schedule, away from your work and your family, to give of yourself and your time. And so, if you are one of those people, consider yourself altruistic. And if not, maybe it's a goal for you to look towards. Now, I hope I've got you thinking a little bit. And I want to talk about now the mental health aspects of how volunteering can improve your mental health. And some of these things might be basic to you. And some of them you may never have thought about before. Number one, you become more compassionate. You see people struggling. You see people who can't afford to put food in their mouths. People who can't work because of disabilities. So you start to feel more compassionate because you're exposing yourself to people who 
might be suffering from an illness that you've never had anybody in your life experience. So you become more compassionate. You also are opened up to more ideas, which opens your brain more. While you're doing these volunteer activities, your brain re releases serotonin, oxytocin, and it releases endorphins into your body. And what happens when those hormones are released from your brain, it gives you an elevation of your mood and it makes you feel calm and tranquil. And a lot of us who, who suffer from anxiety or just are overwhelmed, to have something that you're giving of yourself that's producing these hormones that are gonna elevate your mood and that are gonna make you feel more calm and tranquil. And it costs zero money. Kind of hard to say, why are you not volunteering? It also increases your self-esteem. It makes you more competent. It improves your leadership skills, your communication skills, how you interact with people. You have to think about not just giving, but encompassing what you're doing while you're volunteering. While you're volunteering, you might make some new friends. I did. I made so many new friends at Not My Daughter. And believe it or not, some of them were women that I was intimidated by when my kids were younger. I don't know why I was intimidated by them, but I was. Now they're my friends. And I realized there was nothing to be intimidated by. I'm equal to them. I have different things that I can bring to the table. And now they're my friends. And that kind of like bogs my mind sometimes how my own insecurities kept me away from things when I could have been doing so much more. But life is an evolution and we evolve and it's all a process that's gotten me to this point. You also get a sense of community. I mean, when I was at this event on Monday, I saw people I haven't seen in a long time, especially because of COVID. My daughter's not in the public school system anymore, so a lot of people that I haven't seen. And knowing that they see me volunteering gives me a sense of pride. They see that I am more than just a mom, just a wife, just a podcaster, just a blogger. I'm selfless and that I give and they see me year after year. And I inadvertently improved my social skills, especially with these women who I just didn't feel that I had anything in common with. Sometimes when you're volunteering, you never know who you might meet. Meaning there could be somebody you meet in the process who's volunteering along with you or doing things that are part of this experience that a job opportunity might come from. I actually met a woman who had a booth at our shopping boutique who has a product about giving back. And I said to her, maybe we should team up with my podcast and your product. So it gave me an opportunity to connect with this person that I would have never met any other way than at this event. And also, 
you have fun when you volunteer. It may be work, physical, emotional, but it's fun. And we always have a wrap party. So in about a month from now, we'll all get together and we'll have a wrap party. And it's just great to know what we all accomplished, that it couldn't be done by just one person, that it took an army of women to make this happen for the community, for the people who are suffering from breast cancer, finding new technology and ways to cure breast cancer, and to bring all these women and men into this hotel to shop where proceeds go to breast cancer of Not My Daughter and to have this wonderful event that they all got to be a part of. And I'm sure they all saw people that they haven't seen in a really long time. So now let's talk about you. I'm not trying to toot my horn here, don't get me wrong. I'm just sharing my experience and my evolution through my insecurities and at times lower self-esteem that I just didn't feel like I could do something like this. And I have. And so that sense of accomplishment is really what I'm trying to share with you. And I hope through my voice, you hear that excitement and you hear the confidence that I have in myself now. And you can have that same confidence and you can use volunteering to do good, but also to do good for yourself, to give to yourself, to help you feel more calm, to elevate your mood, to increase your skills, to work on your communication and your interpersonal skills by giving back. And you learn new skills. I've learned a lot of things that I would have never done before. As a matter of fact, preparing for our event, a group of ladies and us, we sat at a table and we folded cloth napkins. Nothing I've ever done before, but something new that I learned. So what areas in your life come to your mind of where you can volunteer? There are a lot of options that are out there to you. There are different organizations like Not My Daughter, the Heart Association, Relay for Life, which I know is in most medium-sized communities in the country to raise money to fight all different types of cancer. There are food banks. There are feeding the homeless. There are <clears throat> ways that you can donate money. But I felt for me, which I did donate money, that was just never enough. It wasn't satisfying enough. I wanted to be involved with what I was donating money to. Now, I know your moms out there, if you can, you volunteer at your kid's school. And that is something I was remiss to mentioning. I did a lot of that. But I felt for me, it was just something I was doing as a mom. But after years have gone by and I look back at all of the things that I did and all the self respect that it gave me and I showed my daughter that I was involved in her school and the things that were important to her and even when we had the end of the year fifth grade dance I was a big part of that and just seeing all those kids who were about to graduate onto middle school was really a rewarding experience so you can volunteer in your schools even if you don't have children 
You just have to become an approved volunteer and you can find out how you can do that in your different communities. Your religious facilities, your church, your temples, your mosques, always need people to volunteer and help for different events and different things that go on for your different holidays. And if you are a religious person, well, that's just a wonderful way to give back to your church, synagogue, mosque. And if you're not religious, but yet you want to feel a little more connected to the church, to the temple, to your the mosque, to your religion, volunteering is a great way to get your foot in the door. What about summer camps? Summer camps always need volunteers, especially if you do have kids and they're off during the summer and they are going to camp. Same as school. Go and help to volunteer. Tutor for free. If you're a teacher or you have a skill, obviously you're going to tutor to make money. But if you know of an organization that you can find that provides these services for free, that you can give your time to teach a kid how to play a guitar, to help a kid get through their SATs, or to help a kid get through that hard math class, give up your time if you have skills that you can offer to your community. What about mentoring? Such a great way. The Boys and the Girls Clubs of America, the Girl Scouts, being a volunteer for the Girl Scouts or the Boy Scouts, being a Girl Scout leader takes a lot of work in a Boy Scout leader, and it's all volunteer time. But you're shaping the minds of tomorrow. And how wonderful is that? That all these different leaders throughout the country lead their troops for free. It's volunteering. It's out of the goodness of their own hearts, but it's also what they get back in return from it. You can donate books. You can go to your library. The library has reading programs during the years and during the summer where they need readers for story time or book clubs to run book clubs. Start thinking about the ways in your community that you can help others. Maybe there's somebody, a neighbor of yours that you know that needs assistance. Maybe it doesn't have to be a big organization to be a part of or to go to a library to ask if you can volunteer your time. Maybe there's just a neighbor need that you can volunteer some of your free time to help take them places, to doctor's appointments, whatever it is. It all has the same outcome and response. You're putting your time in, you're not being paid. You're doing it out of the goodness of your own heart because you want to help others, because you want to be more selfless. Maybe you've been selfish in the past and you wanna become more selfless and this is the way to start it. Think about what you can give to others. But yes, you get something in return. All those different areas that I talked about that you can gain, improve your mental health. Mental health is multifaceted. It is not black and white, and it is not the same for everybody. Bipolar disease for one person can be very different for the next person. Depression, anxiety, how you handle them can be very different based on you as an individual. And how wonderful is it 
that through volunteering, you can work on yourself. You can nurture yourself. You can create a natural flow of these endorphins, and oxytocin and serotonin that can elevate your mood and give you a sense of calm. You have a hand in how you are affected with your mental health. For some of you, you need medications and that's okay, but you also need to put the work in. And what better way to do it than volunteering? And we're coming up on the time of year where statistically we see the most volunteerism happen because of the holidays for Thanksgiving and Christmas and Hanukkah and Kwanzaa, you start to see a lot more volunteering going on because it's the time of giving and gifts. So why not give to people who are less fortunate, who needs, whose needs aren't being met, but you can help them meet their needs. But I suggest that you continue that volunteering, not just during the holiday times, but throughout the year. Maybe it's just one organization. Maybe you stretch yourself amongst all different organizations that you find are important to you that maybe have helped you in the past in your life and now you are stable and you want to give back to that organization. You're listening to this podcast because you want to work on your mental health. We all need to work on our mental health. It doesn't mean we're ill. It means we have struggles and we have hardships and we feel things inside of ourselves sometimes that take control of us. And so we can all work on our mental health. And I suggest using volunteerism as one of your many coping skills to help you work on your mental health, improve your mood, decrease your anxiety, make you feel like you're more in control of what is going on with yourself and nurturing yourself a little bit. We never can nurture ourselves too much. We nurture everybody else, but we must focus on ourselves too. So go out, research on your computer, or maybe you already know of some places that you've thought about volunteering in the past, but you've never taken that foot forward to do it. I challenge you to start volunteering somewhere, somehow, something new to help improve your life, to give back to others, and to improve your mental health. Thank you for joining me at Wide Open Spaces with Elise today. Remember, go out and explore all those wide open spaces in your world and positive thoughts always create positive energy. Check out some of my old podcasts. Check out me on Instagram or go to my blog and read some of my past blogs. Until next time, my friends, ciao, aloha, mahalo, and merci.